Back from the All-Star break, the Arizona Coyotes are back for a game day. Back-to-back game day, making up for those lost games. Uh, well, like that end of December, because now they have to go to to uh, Vancouver and to Seattle. Vancouver first. We're going to talk about that on today's episode of Lockdown Coyotes. <laughs> Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leon. You've been covering Arizona for, I don't know, five, six years now. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've it's it's been uh been a long time mainly the tucson roadrunners i've been i've been helping out with five for howling for quite a while next to me is five for howling's manager carl carl pavlik uh we are your wonderful hosts for this wonderful show it's an amazing day amazing game day because guess what we have a uh a reunion so to speak right couple reunions couple reunions because Albrechtman Larson and Connor Garland, it's back for them again. Yeah, first time the Coyotes play the Vancouver Canucks this season, so first time we're getting a, a look at Garland and OEL um, in with their new team. Uh, given some of the rumors about Garland being shopped and the Vancouver Canucks not looking good, uh, next two games aren't until April, so this may be the last time we see Connor Garland being in a Vancouver Canucks uniform. Uh, probably not for OEL, though. No, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see how that, all that goes. But it will be nice to see those two players. But before we get into the extra preview, though, I want to let you guys know today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. But let's go ahead and start getting into this preview. So that's the and and again, that's the big thing that we should mention um and as we as we said is that reunion Oliver Ekman Larson and Connor Garland and you already hit it and, and you already hit it um Ekman Larson probably will see a couple more times in the Vancouver uniform Connor Garland as you, you mentioned is probably going to be moved around a couple times more yeah um I mean I was shocked to see him linked to the New Jersey Devils uh which just seems like a, a bad team uh doing a move to try and get better. And that's probably not going to be enough. It feels very coyotes. Uh, felt like, uh, when we acquired Taylor hall, but yeah, um, Vancouver Canucks are not doing that. So great this season, which is a, a good opportunity for the coyotes. There's a difference though. When I, when you, when you made that Taylor hall reference, there's a difference because the coyotes were actually doing pretty decent. The, yeah. The coyotes were, were just top of the Pacific division. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't particularly know what's going on with the Devils, um, but you know we we've seen teams like the New York Rangers have pretty quick rebuilds. So who's to say anymore? Like how quickly they are from turning it around? Um, and that was just run rumors. So Garland may actually go with a contender, which is probably where he would be best served. Yeah, especially because we really know what Garland can do, right? Like we know that this guy is capable of just freaking being a superstar on any team. 
Yeah. Although I, I will say his numbers don't look great with the Canucks. Well, it's because the Canucks aren't a good team. <laughs> I mean, this is true, but uh, I, I I do think like quite a few players we have come to see. Garland may have been maybe a little bit more protected with the the Coyotes last season. Um, he's having a little bit of time adjusting. Um, I, I was I was shocked to see that. You know, his numbers didn't look great when I was doing the research for for today's preview. I mean, yeah, I guess you know the adjust adjustment periods take a while, but you know, again, and I, and I think a lot, a lot of it does go with that with with, with the people you're around. It. And I and I said he can be a superstar on any team. Obviously, not any team because there are certain teams that just aren't the right fit for a certain player. And it seems that Vancouver ended up being that for the former great Coyote. Not really great, but, you know, the former Coyote who did some pretty good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't want to discount him too much. Uh, he's got 10 goals, 14 assists uh, in 41 games. So he's tied with, uh, you know, Brock Bosner, uh, Elias Peterson. Good company to be in. But when you look at JT Miller and his 44 goal or 44 points, it's just kind of like a pretty steep drop to like that second, that second group. And, and I would just expect Connor to be like, you know, a little bit higher up there. Uh, I know he's definitely uh, last season was the first time I saw him really start to, you know, be more of a playmaker than just a goal scorer. And, and so it's nice to see those 14 assists in there, but but still, I, I I do kind of wonder, you know, can he make that next step? Can he be like that, you know, perennial superstar that looked like he was going to be with the Coyotes? Maybe, just maybe, it could have been that the that the Coyotes system was the best for him. Yeah, it, it's entirely possible. Um, it could be that he just really developed or like worked well under Tockett's system. Um, maybe he worked best being the guy for the team um, and getting the the juicy opportunities. You know, the best ice, um, the best line mates, which he's you know not necessarily getting with Vancouver because he's not the guy. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's up to him to kind of show they can make that next step. Yeah, but of course, let's go back to also mention the other player who's going to be uh, in reunion and in Oliver Rickman Larson because it's the former captain, and as to another player that's going to be around for a while um, in Vancouver in a, in a Vancouver uniform. At least it seems like because of you know that contract. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty rough contract for OEL. Um, he's got three goals, six assists uh, in his in his 43 games scored uh, in the, the Canucks last game. Uh, he's a, a zero plus minus. If you put much faith into that, which you shouldn't, but at, at least he's not like a staggering minus, which we have sometimes seen from OEL. Oh yeah. No, I think, I think last year, what was an OEL like a minus 23 or something like that? Uh, let me tell you. I know it was something pretty low and I'm just like, Oh, God, OEO, what are you doing? And I get it. He's a puck-moving defenseman, so, like, it's so, like, obviously he's a defenseman, so defense is supposed to be his first job, but puck-moving defensemen are, tend to go up a little bit more. 
which yeah. is not a good thing sometimes. He was a minus 17 last season. Not his career worst. He has finished a minus 28 before. A minus 28. Yeah. Yeah. But minus that 17 was, last year. Yeah. He was a minus 28, 2017, 2018. So, I mean, zero is definitely an improvement. Uh, his shooting percentage is way down 2.9, uh, which looks like it is his career worst going uh, a while back. So, uh, I, I would like to see OEL improve. Uh, I thought he showed like that he could be like a very strong offensive defenseman. He's getting kind of older, so that seems like it's not going to be as much of an aspect of his game. But as we've seen from players like Phil Kessel, like just because you're you're not able to score as much doesn't mean your offense is going to suddenly you know trickle to zero. He could still like maybe pump up his assist numbers a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. But at the end of the day, it's going to be fun to see both of these players. Yeah. I just hope they don't have too good of games just because we've seen so many times this season. Former Coyotes players just destroy my heart by scoring against the Coyotes in key moments. Uh, I still I still don't forgive Dylan Strom for, for getting that game winner on the power play. Yeah, see, something about former Coyotes, especially – like, I think especially for the players who leave on terms where it's just like, not really bad terms, but like more just like, what's the term? You know, you know what I'm trying to get here, right? Yeah, I mean, they definitely are are players who have something to prove to their former team because yeah. either you know sometimes they are not great uh, leavings, but other times it's just kind of like the team maybe gave up um, and probably in their mind gave up a little bit too early. Like I'm sure kind of Garland like wishes that he could have been part of the rebuild. Uh, his age um, makes me think that would have been a bad idea, but you know, for him, like he's still got a lot to prove. He's got a lot to prove to himself. He's got a lot to prove to his current team. Uh, and the way things are going, he's got a lot to prove to his next team. Who's uh, going to be acquiring him. Last thing I'll say before we go to before we go to a quick break, and that is, um, keep in mind what we were saying. I think I had you on at this time um, as a as a guest last summer when we were talking about um, kind of going through the things that the Coyotes did over the season and what they're going to do in the off season. And this time we didn't even know Connor Garland was going to leave, but we're just like, but there was rumors about it, and you said, okay, so they, they are capable of staying as a as a mediocre team, if they keep if they if they keep him, and maybe they he can develop into something great. If they trade him, we know at that point, at that very point that they trade him, that it is full rebuild, full steam ahead, and yep. that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, Connor Garland was the the first, or was he the first piece or Aiden Hill was. Yeah. I I was trying to think of that timeline, but he was one of that first dominoes that really signaled the, the year that we were going to have for better or worse. Yeah. Aiden Hill was more of the uh, expansion draft work around, but the, the fact that one occurred like before the expansion draft one occurred before the uh, actual 
uh, NHL entry draft, like those two events just kind of really get conflated in my mind because everything happened very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because ever, because they we had a much shorter off season. Like our off season was like what a month long. Like yeah. I mean, even if it was a regular off season, uh, Bill Armstrong did his rebuild very quickly. Oh no, uh, he, like he moved incredibly fast. Um, yeah. And again, I still give him a pretty high grade for the way he set it up. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyways, though, we still got more to get to on this episode. We'll actually have to get into the preview, see what's going on on both sides of the teams as we get ready for Arizona versus Vancouver over in Vancouver, British Columbia. All that coming up in just a moment. But first, quick word from Carl. Got beard? Get primal. You heard me right. Got beard? Get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're the guy who's never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with a low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the United States. The combo kits also make a great holiday gift. If you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad to pick one up. Uh, not really a beard guy. I like to keep things pretty smooth as the YouTube audience can tell. Uh, but one of the big reasons is because I don't like that scratchy feel. So if I ever decide to grow a beard, I'm going to get something like Primal so I can get rid of the beard itch. Um, we know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel in your beard to other products you've used. We'll promise you'll see and feel the difference. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. That's promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for 20% off. So back here on LOCKEDON Coyotes, I want to thank everyone once again for making LOCKEDON Coyotes your first listen every day. Be sure to also check out the Olympic Hockey Daily presented by LOCKEDON NHL, a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. You can find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And obviously, I'm going to be checking that out because Olympic hockey is awesome. I know NHL players aren't in it, but especially I want to focus on I'm, – I'm paying attention a lot, a lot to the women's side because they're always fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love uh, the violence that the women's U.S. and Canada game always seems to exhibit. Yeah. Honestly, like – Anytime someone's like, oh, hockey's the most violent sport. I don't want to watch women's hockey. I'm like, watch U.S. versus Canada. They hate each other, and they are willing to drop the gloves. Yeah. I'm a little sad Brianna Decker's out for the uh, Olympics, but. Yeah. I mean, it it sucks that we're already getting, like, athletes having to to drop out of the rest. It feels like it just started because it did. But. Yeah. It's something, especially Winter Olympics. These are dangerous sports. Absolutely. Anyways, though, let's get back to this game. Arizona Coyotes versus Vancouver Canucks. Let's get to some of it. Let's go to the injuries, Carl. Um, and let's go ahead and start off the first one that you brought you brought to my attention before we started recording. Scott Wedgwood out with an injury. So he will not be uh, showing up this weekend. Ivan Prosvitov has been called up from the Tucson Roadrunners to take his spot for one of these games. Yeah, uh, Wedgwood uh, looks like he has a chest injury, which ew, 
scary. I don't like that. Um, but this may be Prosvetov's first game against an easy team if he gets the start tomorrow, which everything I know about Turnier says he will. Um, first time that's, uh, that Eisman Prosvetov is not going to have to face one of the top teams in the NHL, which is kind of cool. I like that. I'm I'm reading through the injury list that um that you have listed on on five for Howling Carl and I'm looking I'm looking at Johan Larson and I'm just like please explain that in- I mean yes that hurts but but like how, what oh the sports her- sports hernia uh, yeah. uh looks like he has uh been updated to an early April uh return after surgery which is rough uh i just like looking down we have johan larson uh, we have barrett hayton and we have jay beagle um those are just three players that the coyotes rely on pretty heavily who are all expected to miss at least this month uh coyotes are struggling with injuries still and then um based off from tweets yesterday carter hutton did skate before practice I'm. He, what was he? I feel like he was always like he was early dated, the next month, intermittently day to day. He's just like yeah, day to day, day to day. Well, first when he first went out, it's like it was like what six to eight weeks. Was it even that? I thought it was. No, it was like two, no, it was like four to six. It was like four to six weeks, I think. I, yeah, it it seemed relatively minor. Yeah, and but, then like it, and then I think after Wedgwood came in, they're just like yeah, day to day. Yeah. I mean, with Wedgwood, there's no like real reason to push him. Uh, it's not like Carter Hutton really has a a spot right now. So I, honestly, I'm fine with both the team and the player being like, look, we're just going to take things easy. We're going to take things slow. We're not going to rush it. Um, the Coyotes season can't be saved. Uh, although, depending on who you ask, uh, saving the Coyotes season might involve playing Carter Hutton. Because he's not expected to win him too many games. Make sure, m- make sure they don't win. Yeah, make sure they don't uh, overtake the Montreal Canadiens too much. Yeah, I, I should note for the listeners, um, I did very heavy air quotes for save uh, because that is the situation Carter Hutton is. Um, not not a great goaltender, um, but uh, I, I'm sure the team would rather have. Him in net than Prosvetov. So if Wedgwood ends up having to go out long term with a chest injury, then uh, maybe Carter Harding gets back sooner. Yeah, we'll have to see. But a couple other players of note. I'm looking on the other side of injuries. Elias Patterson out with an, with an illness. Quinn Hughes is in COVID protocol. Yep. Uh, I, I should note, like, when I look up injuries, COVID protocol uh, is not always like the clearest on when they will be getting off it. Uh, I think that the site I listed on listed him as going into yesterday. So he's probably going to be out for this game, but would need to confirm that. We do need to confirm that. Cause um, I mean, especially cause they changed how, um, how things go, and it looks like Sportsnet just said said twelve hours ago, Connectable just had to survive Quinn with Quinn Hughes in COVID protocol. Yep. So yeah, 
Yeah, he was yeah. just placed on it yesterday. So. Oh wow! All right, so cat friendly tweet from yesterday. Oh my god, uh, Jack Hughes, Kyle Palmieri, uh, Evgeny Malkin, Quinn Hughes, Pierre Luc Dubois, all placed in COVID protocol in one day. That is, oh my god, that is some big names around the league. Oh man, um, and keep in mind, Carl. This is on the first week that they changed the freaking rules. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I don't know what's, what's going to be going on with, uh, with the NHL. It feels like, because they seem to make it clear that we're going to have fewer of these like players being placed in COVID protocol if we're not testing the asymptomatic players and doing all the other stuff. Uh, and then you immediately just drop a bunch of players, and you're like, yeah, we made the rules different, but <sighs> I don't know. Uh, I'm still waiting to see what the NHL is going to do about COVID. Uh, hopefully they get it resolved before the playoffs, because uh, playoffs are one of those things that hockey fans do not want you to mess with. Regular nope. season, eh, they don't like it, but it's fine. If if something happens in the playoffs, uh, people are going to get murdered in the streets. So the playoffs is a whole different season. It's just yeah. like it's like it's it's more of like it goes from like each of the seasons from level of care to uh, from like zero all the way up to a hundred. Yeah, I mean the fact that we talk about penalties different in the playoffs than we do in the regular season just kind of says something. Um, I, I I don't know. Maybe the best option would be bubbles, but the NHL seems to want to sell tickets too. So bubbles with fans probably are not the best plan. But There's a who, reason why Gary Bettman's not happy with uh, Ottawa, uh, like limiting to 500 fans or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I think he should probably just get over that one. Uh, I, I don't particularly. I mean, not like they're going to get much, anyways. <laughs> yeah, they have lower fans than the Coyotes, uh, which I hear is not supposed to happen. I know, right? Canadian market, like what? Yeah, Canadian markets are supposed to be solid. Uh, don't get me started. Well, we need more Canadian teams with a fluctuating currency rate. That that seems like a great idea. I know. I know some of you Canadian fans are going to hate us, but guess what? That's the truth. Uh, Canadian fans already hate me. <laughs> yeah, probably. They probably they probably already hate both of us. Based off a lot of the stuff we talk about, especially of the the latest in the Coyotes and Tempe and all stuff like that. Yeah, uh, Canadian fans hold a grudge. So uh, as soon as you cross them once, you're just on the list. <laughs> Anyways, though, before we get to a uh, quick break, your like I want to get your biggest um, thing you're looking at for this game. Uh, biggest thing I'm looking for is if the Coyotes power play can make something happen. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks are currently the only team with a worse penalty kill than the Coyotes. So if the Coyotes can get something going with the man advantage, then now is a good time to start. I'm, I'm hoping to see that improve in general. It'd be great to see that improve tonight. So um, special teams, your key to the game? Special teams, yeah. Special teams, your key to the game. I mean, I think that's a, almost always that's almost always going to be an, a good answer for the Coyotes. 
I mean, here's what happens with the Coyotes. They have the second worst penalty kill in the league uh, and one of the worst power plays. So it's very rare where they have any kind of special teams edge. And this is one of those few occasions. Exactly. Anyways, though, we got more to get to on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. We got to make our predictions. How are things going to go? All that later on this episode. But first, I want to let you guys know that Bet Online has you covered this season of more props, odds, and lines than before as football continues is March the playoffs right down to the big game in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just football. BetOnline has you has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates on current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. BetOnline, where the game starts. Speaking of BetOnline, Carl, it is time to go to our BetOnline picks of the game to see what the betting spread is. As I get it loaded up here onto my monitor, we have the Vancouver Canucks at point and a half favorites, minus 225 on the money line, plus 201 for the Arizona Coyotes. Total points set at five and a half. Hmm. I wonder if the Coyotes are going to be favorites tomorrow against the Kraken. Um, That's a possibility. Yeah. I think the Coyotes are going to – I think they're going to get this one. Uh, I feel like the Vancouver Canucks are are a damaged team. Uh, they got a lot of people on injury. Uh, They're going to have to deal with a lot of systems. Uh, The Coyotes are looking to kind of – build off their loss uh, from last week. Both teams going to be insanely rusty. Uh, I think this one's going to be like a high offense 5-3 Coyotes win. A high offense 5-3 Coyotes win. So you have the Coyotes both covering, even winning, as well as this going over. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be very sloppy. Now, here's the question on a... On, on in in a betting perspective, do you pick, do you take the points or do you take the money line? Mm. How confident are you? Not very. Um, <laughs> you're not going to guarantee a win. <laughs> I'm not guaranteeing a win. Uh, I'd probably do the points. We'll take the points. Okay. Yeah. Um. What am I thinking for this game? I'm thinking, okay, so it tends to be when those game when you when we have those games that are a week off, right? It's been a long yeah. time for both teams. For both teams, we get these high scoring what the freak games. Yeah. Um. So that said, I'm also gonna have this one go over. I'm going to say it's going to be a 4-3 to three Coyotes win. Okay. A little bit tired than me, but okay. Yeah, 4-3 to three Coyotes win. Um, and 
I'll take the money line. Um, regulation, overtime, shootout. Ooh, good question. Uh, regulation. Okay. Um, I did see the Vancouver Canucks. They they have a couple of impressive wins in the last ten games, um, and they took a couple of good teams to overtime in the shootout. I, I just think that this is one of those games where both teams are going to be playing tomorrow. I think they're going to have both have better, tighter games tomorrow, but things are going to get loose and crazy tonight. It's going to make it just. It's just going to make it fun, right? You know, yeah. that's that's. Um... That's what I don't get about back-to-back still. Like, we're in the Olympic – what was supposed to be the Olympic break. And, like, which means we had a lot of t- a lot of time. And they go ahead and put on a back-to-back. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of teams. And the Coyotes have missed relatively few games compared to them. Uh, same with the the Vancouver Canucks, so I feel like the the schedule is more designed for teams that have missed like seven to like what's the fewest number of games that's been played this season? Uh, like the Sen- Senators have only played forty one, the Islanders have only played like thirty nine games, so. This break is more to get them caught up, more so than the Coyotes and the Canucks. Canucks have played 46, Coyotes 45. But again, that still doesn't really solve the problem of being able to spread things out. Because, like, why can't you spread it out? Why do you have to have a back-to-back? I'm not – I have – in my former job, I worked with uh, event schedulers. I didn't do any work with them directly, uh, but I can only imagine how much chaos it is in trying to like cram a bunch of reschedules into what should have been your Olympic break. Uh, so I'm not going to be too hard on them. Plus, uh, yeah, Coyotes get back-to-backs. It's just what happens. Yeah, they have back-to-backs. It's the Vancouver Canucks tonight, the Seattle Kraken tomorrow. The rest of the games, the only uh, only have one more other game this week, and that is against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think that was another missed game. I believe so. Yeah. Um, on and, Friday. Yep, and then a whole week off, uh, and they come back on uh, next Saturday against the Kings, nineteenth. How fun! That's gonna <laughs> that's gonna be an absolute blast. But, We're gonna then, have a fun time generating content next week. <laughs> Hey, I think so. Uh, at one point next week, we're gonna have a pretty good yes. I won't. I won't reveal who it is yet. Yeah, but Teasel. you guys are gonna love it. You guys are yeah. gonna love it. I think in the week leading up to it, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop hints. I'm gonna <laughs> drop hints. Okay, uh, let's see how, how how subtle you're able to do. Uh, I, I will be watching your hints to see how they do. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. I have some time to bring up the hints. Again, I'm not going to start dropping them until next week. Yeah. Oh, it's only Tuesday still. Exactly. Maybe I can start dropping them on Friday's episode. Mm. Anyways, you want to close out this one? (laughs) Absolutely. We are running out of time of this episode of Locked on Coyotes. Once again, I want to thank everybody for making Locked on Coyotes your 
first listener today. Now it's also time to go ahead and check out our friends at Locked On Bets. You know we do a lot of betting content here based off the Coyotes games. But if you want to take a look on any other betting advice across all of the sports, go ahead and check out our friends at Locked On Bets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available on all platforms, your team, every day. But again, that is it for us on this episode. Hope you guys like what you heard. If you did, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, and subscribe if you yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash Coyotes, on Instagram at Coyotes, on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I am at Robin underscore Leonio. Carl Pavlak is Carl Pavlak FFH. Interact with us. Ask us a question you might have. We might interact right back. DM right back or on a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.